Adam Castillo was last seen at about 2 a.m. on Sunday, September 14, 2008, in Wilcox, Arizona, at a party in the desert near Blue Sky Road, locally known as The Loop in Arizona, near Wilcox. The party involved more than 25 people, and it appears that everybody made it home except for Adam. All these years later, Adam's family still wants to know what happened to their son. Where is their brother? What happened, and who is responsible? Hey, everybody, and welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. This is Katie Weaver, and I'm here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. Hey, everybody. Happy Monday. Yeah, Monday case already. Well, how's it going? You know, it's going pretty well. Just doing the thing. I have a sinus infection. Yay. Happy January to me. Yeah. Boy, that's a January thing, isn't it? Yes, it is. Damn it. But other than that, I'm great. Good. I'm really loving our new format. I just am having a lot of fun with this. Me too. I I find that I may, you know, throw a lot of humor in. (laughs) But I can a lot of things. But yeah, it's really a lot of fun. I like it. I like it too. It just, I like that it gives us a little bit more direction and options. And yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's a good thing. Yeah. So how are you? I'm good. All is well here, too. We um, spent a little time in Boise last week with the Boise kids, and we're headed to Montana uh, sometime in the next week to take the other kid back for uh, spring semester. So, I mean, it's hard to see that right now, but... <laughs> yeah, not feeling real springish out here. Ooh, no, it isn't. It's warmed up a little, though. It's been as cold as, like, 25 below at her school, so... Luckily, it's warmed up a little, so it won't be that cold when she gets back, but... <laughs> yeah, that does not... Oof, way up in Montana. Yikes, right? Oi. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's been funny. Winter was late, but it's the hit with a vengeance, for sure, so... Yeah, it was late, but, like, it's catching up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, you, you got to think, by this time of year, even, days are a little bit longer... Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's when I kind of start going, well, winter can't last forever because the days right. are noticeably getting longer. So it is true. Oh, we're going to get there. Anyway, all is well, truly. So good. Well, we're going to kick off today with a segment from Christy for DNA for the win. So I'm going to turn the mic over and get out of your way. Let's do this. <laughs> So, in good news in DNA for the win, DNA for the win is generally good news, but sometimes better than others. Yeah. 43 years ago, there were uh, two hitchhikers who were shot in the head in Klamath Falls, uh, Oregon. Okay. In Klamath County. And uh, it's been an unsolved double murder all this time. It was a young man and a young woman, Kirk Leonard Wiseman. And Cynthia Lynn Freyer, they were 19 and 17, and they were just basically 
they were on a little walkabout, hitchhike about of sure. uh, Washington and Oregon. And um, 43 years ago, hitchhiking was pretty common. Yeah, yeah. This was in November of 1978. Yeah. And, um, you know, they were shot in the head several times with the 22. And unfortunately, Cynthia was also sexually assaulted. Oh. So the officer who was originally on scene, his name uh, is former Klamath Falls Chief of Police Dan Toffel. He just could not ever let this one go. He said the scene was really gruesome. It was just not every day at all that he would find two young people murdered on the side of the road, you know? Yeah. And so he just never really let it go. And so he hung on to it clear until he retired. And then he sort of passed it on as people, as he retired and other people came on, this case always stayed in the back of their heads, you know, because it was just so senseless. Yeah. So they they discovered that the kids had um, stayed a night at a motel in Roseburg, that they'd eaten at a, at a restaurant in Grants Pass. They even found a letter that um, Cynthia had written to her mother that just said how much fun they'd had while they were in Washington state. Like it was just, Mm -hmm. obviously these were just two kids out having some fun and it just seemed such a sad thing to Mm -hmm. cut their lives so short, you know? Yeah. So they, they did bag and preserve quite a bit of evidence, evidence that they really honestly at the time of these murders didn't even know would be of significance, which is pretty amazing. So visionary. We've seen that so many times. It's pretty amazing. I hope that somewhere out there, there are all of these uh, retired police officers and medical examiners that are going, I knew, I knew someday this would be relevant, you know? Right. Yeah. And that's clearly uh, what they did um, here because they hung on to some of Cynthia's clothing. And obviously that's Mm -hmm. where the DNA was going to be found was um you know on her clothes mm-hmm. so in 2019 this case landed on uh, the desk of detective dan towery and he uh submitted they had submitted some dna and they got the hit back unknown male number one So it didn't tell them everything, but it did tell them that they actually did have the DNA of a male that was not Not Cynthia's traveling companion. Yeah, this was not Mm -hmm. them. So they, you know, hang on to that for a little bit more time. And then, of course, we know where do they go? Parabon Labs, because this is where everyone goes. Yeah. He did have to... Towery did have to get... Um, permission because the the DNA to run this was about $8,000. And that's quite a bit for a case that's 43 years old. But he did finally get that permission. And so what they did, of course, was they used Ancestry DNA. Um, and they did find who commit these murders. And his name uh, was, was Ray Whitson Jr., and he, his DNA, of course, was found on Cynthia's body, but they believe that he killed both of them. 
Um, he died in Texas in 1996. Mm-hmm. He had no other criminal history. But he was, they, the family was able to deter, to confirm some things. That he did always carry a 22 caliber pistol with him, which is the same caliber that killed both of these young people. Mm-hmm. Um, the area where they were killed is a place that he would have been frequenting at that time also. Okay. So um, even the district attorney has said that this information would have been strong enough to prosecute him if he were sure. alive today. Wow. So they do believe that, in fact, this case is considered now solved. Wow. It's pretty amazing 43 years later that the, that the way that they preserved the evidence would still be good enough mm-hmm. to identify somebody at this point. Absolutely. Wow. So Ray Whitson Jr. in absentia because he's been dead a long time. But, mm-hmm. but this hey. he did commit this murder. DNA for the win. DNA for the win. Absolutely. All yeah. right. Well, I'm going to kick things over to you for the main event. Yes. This is a, this is a listener uh, recommendation, a listener requested case. Mm-hmm. And it's a cold read. We haven't done a cold read forever. You know, somehow in the fall, about the time that the Gabby Petito case happened, we got really busy with uh, current cases and we haven't done as many old cases in a while. And, you know, some of you guys love the current cases. Some of you love the old cases that we will cold read. Because as you know, we will not cold read. We won't do a psychic reading on current cases because it's just not ethical. It's not okay. Cases that are old, that have gone cold, we'll step up on those ones. Because we feel like that's a better place for our gifts to be served. And Mm -hmm. so that's, that's how we do it. And some of you, you know, may agree with that. Some of you may not. But... We have to answer to our own ethics, and this is where it's at. So mm-hmm. at any rate, uh, that's what we're doing. So, Christy, I'm going to actually ask, ask you to cold read this case today. Okay. And this is the disappearance of Adam Castillo. So Adam was 21. He was headed out to a party. He was with uh, some friends, some people that picked him up. Uh, Maybe not super close friends, but friends nonetheless. He lived in a town called uh, Wilcox. And Wilcox, Arizona is really small. Population around 3,500. Okay. Uh, it looks like actually it's a town that seems to be kind of dying. There's a mm. lot of, uh, from looking at it online, a lot of uh, dilapidated buildings, a lot of commerce that's gone away. And there's people there that are fighting to keep their town alive and going. And the Castillos are some of them. And so at any rate, very small town. But there was a birthday party happening for somebody that it sounds like they knew, uh, maybe weren't super good friends with, but someone that they knew. Mm -hmm. And this was on September 14th, 2008. So it's been quite a while ago. It was on a uh, Saturday, Saturday night. So at any rate, some friends picked him up. Uh, When they got there, he ran out to the car and jumped in without his phone or his wallet. Mm -hmm. Those both got left home. So, yeah, Uh, it didn't seem like it was on purpose. It just, you know, he he left them. And, you know, some people would never in a million years leave home without their phone. And some people do. (laughs) You know, I'm not one of them. But, you know, you hear 
about people that just aren't, they're not that connected to their phones. But at any mm-hmm. rate, that's what happened. So we went to the party and his sisters were supposed to go to the party too. But uh, in the first car of the friends that went, there weren't enough seats for his sister to go to. And so he had just been through a breakup and had been uh, really, really heartbroken and was really struggling. And so he had friends here, wanted to take him to a party. And so his sister was like, just go. I'll get a ride later. You just go have fun. You need it. You know, you're good. Well, uh, they ended up not going. The ride that they thought they had never showed and they didn't go. So the next morning. So Adam didn't go or the sister didn't go? The sister didn't go. Got you. Okay. Yeah. Adam and the friends went, but uh, the sister did not, you know, because of. for for obvious reasons, uh, you know, because there wasn't a ride anyway. So this was some kind of a party out in the desert where there was a bonfire and there were at least 25 kids there. And it seemed like by the next morning, everybody else had made it home except for Adam. Mm. And I've been following his sisters on TikTok. They have a TikTok called Justice for Adam Castillo. And I think what I'm going to do is actually uh, show you a TikTok from her talking about the day after what happened. She's, I would rather hear it in her voice than in mine. So I'm going to share a screen here. And I I think we'll just play this TikTok. Okay. Hey, everyone. I just wanted to pop on here and say thank you for bringing Adam's case to light again. I also realized that I've never told his story here before. So I will. I know before I said I would be changing names, but I'm not, I don't care. I'm going to just state what I know happened, what happened that day, and what happened the following day that Adam went missing. That morning was a pretty basic day. You know, it started off me and him uh, smoking our morning cigarettes outside and talking about what we were going to do through the day. Earlier, my younger sister had told me that, you know, there was going to be a party later on and, um, you know, that we were invited, we should go. Adam had recently broken up with his girlfriend, Wendy, and, you know, like it devastated him. He was so emotional about it. He would, you know, just like any 21 year old guy would, you know, crying in his room, drinking, just being sad. So when we heard there was a party, we were like, yeah, dude, come on, let's go. Like, let's have some fun. You know, you're all sad. Let's have fun. He was so in love with Wendy. So it hurt him so bad. And we just wanted him to be happy. We were even joking around like, hey, dude, maybe you could get in a better girlfriend or something, you know, find another chick. You know, anything just to get his mind off of his broken heart because they were so in love with each other. So when we started getting ready to go to the party, um, Adam had already been drinking a little bit. And he was going in a car that fit five people. And he ended up going in the car with Cody, the driver, um, Levi, and little Gary, Kino, and himself. We realized that I couldn't fit in the car with him. So I told him it was okay. I could go later on with my younger sister, Eden, and, you know, we could all meet each other there. So before he took off, he said goodbye to all of us and said, all right, mom, I'll see you in a little while. And my younger sister's friend never ended up showing up. So we never made it to that party. 
a little bit after he had taken off, I had a bad feeling. Like, it just wouldn't leave. So I called the only person I know that was in the car with the phone, which was Levi. So I called him up and I was like, oh, hey, dude, my spidey senses, they're tingling. Uh, is everything all right? And he was like, oh, oh, well, I just got in trouble. My mom called me, so I have to go home. Um, Cody's taking me home. And we left Adam, little Gary, and Kino at the cattle guards with Armando. We kind of knew of Armando. I mean, it was Armando's birthday party. So we were like, okay, cool. We know that guy. I know the two other guys that he's with. Um, he should be fine. I still had a bad feeling in my gut, but I tried to ignore it and was just hoping that he was having a good time. And the same with the rest of my family. We were just all hoping that he just was having a really good time. And that was the last form of contact that I had with anybody that night. The next morning I woke up and uh, hopped outside so I can go and smoke my morning cigarette. And as I was out there, I noticed that there was a car pulling into the driveway. So I was like, all right, cool, Adam's home. So I start walking up to the car and I notice it's, it's not Adam, it's little Gary and another guy driving. The first thing I noticed about Gary is his face is burned and it's burned bad. It's burned from about like his chin up to his cheek and he could barely talk, that's how bad it was. So I was like, dude, where's Adam? And he was like, oh, what do you mean Adam's here? And I was like, no, dude, he was with you last night. You know where Adam is. After I said that, he just looked at the dashboard with like really wide eyes and took a drink off of his beer and said, well, if Adam comes back, tell him thank you because I think he saved my life. After he said that, I was like, dude, what do you mean? And he just nodded to the driver and they pulled away. I didn't really know what to think of that. So I just went inside to tell my mom. It was at that point that I knew something really bad had happened. The next morning I woke up and uh, hopped outside so I can go and smoke my morning cigarette. And as I was out there, I noticed. So there you have it. That's uh, in, in his sister's words, which I thought were, you know, the best words to hear it in. So that's what happened. So after that, the police did question a lot of people in their town. Um, they even closed the high school briefly to pull a whole bunch of students and question them. But there was a lot of small town uh, circling the wagons and protecting each other going on. Yeah. They actually did a raid that netted a huge uh, amount of marijuana being seized and a bunch of people being arrested on other charges and stuff, but no answers in the disappearance of Adam. Uh, of course, there have been some speculation or suggestions that maybe Adam just, uh, you know, maybe Adam just wanted to go. Maybe he, he skipped town. I think that's insane. No. Adam loved his family. We always hear that stupid, mm -hmm. as stupid if that's thing just being a real thing that people do, you know? As, yeah, as Which, if that's just like a super common thing that happens. It isn't. It isn't. I mean, people do that, but it's a rare thing. Adam and his family were really close. He had three sisters that I know of, really close. And they loved each other and supported each other. And this was not a thing that he was just going to do, just take off, you know? But they just got no answers. So fast forward to uh, a couple of years ago, and they came across Sarah Turney. 
and her work in trying to find Alyssa and mm-hmm. get justice for not find well yes find Alyssa and get justice for Alyssa right right and they decided that hey I uh, maybe that we could do that too because Adam's case had gone cold many years ago and there was right. just nothing just no information no investigation really uh, after a certain point and there was just nothing. So they built this TikTok. They've been on a few podcasts. Uh, they got a little Dateline NBC coverage. They've really been trying to just keep Adam's case alive and keep people thinking about him and, you know, wondering what happened to him so that someday hopefully his case will be solved. And of course, they have been, you know, nursing their own broken hearts now for 14 years. Yeah. So That's at any rate, that's pretty much all we know. There's just not a lot. But, uh, Christy, I think that that's enough information to punch it over to you and ask you if you want to give it a cold read. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Adam was killed accidentally in a fight. I do feel it was one of those one and done kind of punches that we've seen happen before where he was just hitting right the right spot. And it killed him instantly, um, scared the living shit out of all of these people because there were people there that had warrants, that had criminal histories, that, you know, were afraid that they mm-hmm. were going to face consequences. And so I do feel like Adam was just really a victim of self-preservation mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Uh, I do feel that two males drove his body out as far out onto the desert as they could get it and and just left him out there. I feel like they put him under some rocks and left him. Um, it, it, it was 100% accidental and probably no one would have been charged anyway, but that's exactly what did happen. And I mean, Gary basically alluded to it, to his mm-hmm. sister, that he was you know, involved in a fight where other people were also, and he was trying to, you know, protect people that he cared about. And he was, he was killed so abruptly and accidentally. It was such a shock Mm -hmm. to everyone around him when it happened that they just, they didn't know what to do. They were, Mm -hmm. they were a bunch of kids and they freaked out. Yeah. You know, and Obviously, you know, we already know they were out on the Arizona desert, which, you know, mm-hmm. if we if they could ever do a full survey of the desert out in Arizona, mm-hmm. I think they would find literally hundreds of bodies. Right. Um, well, we already they know that that's. Search, yeah, they searched like a 25 mile radius or maybe further on quads. You know, they did do their due diligence, you right. know, but but this is a vast area. Oh, yeah. it's huge. It's huge. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know. There are rock formations and, you know, the, and plus there's also predators. I mean, there's. Oh, yeah. It, it, it If you're going to hide a body, this is the place to do it. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. And they, you know, they were gone all night. They got him out as far as they could get him. Mm-hmm. And then home and the plan was to pretend like they thought he came home on his own mm-hmm. and that no one knows where he is. I mean, that's it's it's so pretty clear. I mean, it may not feel like mm-hmm. much of a reading, but, but it is what happened. Mm hmm. And it's awful for his family. It's really unfair that um, yeah, that uh, they don't just nobody fesses up and just says, "Look, this is what happened." Do you think at some point someone will? No, I don't. 
I don't. I, unfortunately, I feel like um, those that were involved have had more legal issues throughout their lives and that fessing up now would just create more problems for themselves and they're just not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, that sucks. And hopefully at some point, maybe somebody tells somebody who tells somebody that might be the only way, mm-hmm. you know. I you feel like know. Gary was kind of trying to do that. Mm-hmm. but didn't know what to say. Like they sort of felt like they needed to show up and say something, mm-hmm. but they didn't know what to say. You know, like it. Yeah. Dumb kids in a scary situation mm-hmm. and they just didn't know what to do. Yeah. Oh, it's a really sad one. And his sisters are so being so brave, you know, and trying so hard to get his face out there and his message out there. So, I think, though, the, the, the really important thing to remember here that I'm seeing is that no one killed him on purpose. This yeah. wasn't an intentional murder. And I feel like his family, you know, for them to find some peace in it, to realize that nobody killed their brother. He died accidentally. And, you know, there was no malice. There was no intent other than self-preservation after the fact. Mm-hmm. I hope could bring somebody some peace Mm -hmm. that, you know, it's not like somebody killed him on purpose. They didn't end his life on purpose. It just, you know, you get in a group of, you get a group of guys fighting and this just happens sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, there's just a place on somebody's head that if you hit him right in that right spot, you're going to kill him instantly. And that's just what happened. Mm -hmm. Oh, if you drop them onto a rock and they hit their head in just that place. Yeah. 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 All righty. Well, thank you for that. And uh, I have put uh, links uh, from our sources in the show description. I also put a link for uh, the TikTok. For the TikTok, it is justice at justice for Adam Castillo. And so if you're TikTokers, go follow them. Just go follow them and support them and keep an eye on what they're doing. They're just, they're really trying hard and they're, they're, getting a little steam and getting a little attention and that's what they I need. Hope someone at least comes to them privately and says, look, I saw what happened. This is what happened. You know, yeah. give them something. Something. Because I don't it's think. It's so cruel. In this particular case, I'm not sure that like justice is served by criminal charges other than right. hiding the body and not telling the truth right. about what happened. Right. Definitely. Lying about it but, for the last 14 years. Yeah. But did anyone kill him intentionally? No, they didn't. No, just idiots. Yeah. Yeah. Just doing dumb stuff, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Nah, very, very unfortunate. Yeah. Well, much love to Adam's family. Most definitely. definitely. Yep. All righty. Well, I am going to turn the mic over to you for a dose of weird crime. All right. Here we go. Do you know why serial killers are serial killers? Uh, No. (laughs) Is this a joke? (laughs) Well, me either. However, (laughs) there are, there's a lot of work being done um, in neuroscience to try to figure it out. Figuring out inside the mind of a serial killer. Why do serial killers have some particular traits? You know, serial killers tend to lack empathy and they lack guilt. They also know how to be superficially charming and they know what to do and say to lure potential victims in. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and one thought around this for a long time has been that um, serial killers are of two minds. Like there's the rational self that can navigate the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, then there's this sinister self that's, you know, capable of terrible crimes and stuff. And that's, you know, multiple personalities or dissociative identity disorder or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we really know now that that's not true. That really isn't yeah. the case. Um, but what what does happen in a serial killer's brain that is difficult to fathom? is that they can override their own emotional responses of empathy when other mm-hmm. people are experiencing pain or suffering. Yeah. You know, like, you you know, when you empathize with someone who's feeling pain that you felt before, you know, or that you can imagine feeling, right? That serial killers seem to be able to override that. Well, in a recent brain imaging study, there's been some information come forward that some criminal psychopaths had a decreased connectivity, so not as much action between uh, the amygdala, and that's the part of the brain that processes like negative stimuli Mm -hmm. and things like um, fearful reactions, Mm -hmm. and the prefrontal cortex. And the prefrontal cortex interprets responses from the amygdala. So the amygdala basically has, is the area of like pain and fear. Mm -hmm. And the front, prefrontal cortex interprets information from the amygdala and the connection between those two areas of the brain, not super good in some well-known psychopaths. And so we are slowly starting and, you know, it's going to be different with everybody because of course, a lot of it is about um, upbringing and experiences of abuse and stuff like that as well. But it's the beginning of, you know, there's been this idea of like, is there a serial killer brain, you know? And lots of serial killers' brains have been uh, donated to science to try to figure out, like, what made Ted Bundy Ted Bundy? You know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I thought this was kind of interesting, the idea that the ability to actually, like, feel fear and pain and negative um, stimuli is is reduced in in people um, who are serial killers. So Mm -hmm. interesting. Wow. That was kind of a cool, a cool. That is interesting. Yeah, it is. I'm surprised you didn't have the answer of what makes a serial killer a serial killer. I mean, come on. Right. Isn't that the question (laughs) that all true crimers have? Isn't that why we do what we do? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Trying to figure this shit out. That's why we dive into their backgrounds and their families Mm -hmm. and, you know, everything, All you know, all the above. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. That is wild. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for that. We'll keep an eye on that. Yeah. Good to keep an eye on that. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Well, this is our Monday case. We are going to be back tomorrow with our Tuesday case. We'll be back Wednesday with a regular case. And then we'll be back Wednesday night for case updates. We'll be back Thursday night for the psychic hour. Now don't forget that the cold read party has been moved to the third Tuesday of the month, starting yes. this month. Yes, it So has. it was on the second that's been moved to the third uh, because of um, our schedule. So it, that needed mm-hmm. to happen. So it won't be this Tuesday. It will be the following Tuesday. But if you are interested in the cold read party, 
just join our membership for our subscription here on YouTube or on YouTube if you're not on if you're listening to the podcast. Uh, it's $4.99 a month to just do the cold read party. And when you do that, you get to come to a special live that we do once a month where you get to give us a case and we'll cold read it for you. So yes. write up a little paragraph so that we have the deets that we need and come to the cold read party and we'll read whatever case is uh, burning in your brain. We'd love it to. Yeah. Yeah, those really are fun. fun. Yeah. And don't forget that we are over on Patreon. And if you sign up for the Patreon, there's a few different levels of membership, but you get extra content that way. And mm-hmm. we've been doing Patreon now for two years, almost two years. And so there's mm-hmm. quite a bit of extra content over there now. There so surely is. Yeah. Go check it out. A lot of cases that you guys ask us to do, we have done and they're in Patreon. There's yeah. a bunch of them. So that's uh if that's of interest to you, it's just True Crime Paranormal on Patreon, and we would love that. We appreciate your support over on Patreon very much. So mm-hmm. there you have it. Well, all righty. We've done DNA for the win. We've done the disappearance of Adam Castillo, and we've done some weird crime time, and mm-hmm. I think we're done. So thank you, Christy, and thank you, everyone, for being here and listening or watching. This has been yet another production of True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Take care. Bye, everybody.